Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. I'm here today with Jordan Slover. Jordan, g'day from Down Under. Hey, James. Good to be here. So Jordan started his career in digital with Google. He worked for a number of years in both the New York and London offices, a variety of roles, including strategic partner development manager. We crossed each other's paths when Jordan actually worked with us here Down Under for how many years, Jordan? Three, four? Almost four, I think. Yeah, four years. You told me at the going away party that you were only planning on staying for six months. Um, yeah, I thought there was no way I would work for you for more than six months <laughs> and then I would keep traveling. But uh, James was a good boss and uh, I really liked it and I stayed four years. Excellent. So um, after leaving us, went, went back to America, um, founded his now really successful agency, Neon Ambition. So website, one of Texas's most experienced paid search, SEO, CRO and content marketing companies now with offices on the East Coast in, in New York. Jordan's also a winner of the Google AdWords All-Stars Summit Award in 2015 and 2016. Um, Jordan, welcome to the pod. Thanks, James. Good to be here. So what, what we thought we wanted to do today was um, we obviously know each other really well. Um, collectively, I guess we've, we've probably sold SEO for, I mean, showing our ages here, but probably 35 years combined. And thought it'd be good just to have an open conversation, two agency owners, um, both familiar with the Australian market, Jordan, obviously, super exposed to the North American market. Just to, I guess, put ourselves, if, if we were in your shoes as an in-house marketer looking to procure SEO services, like what would be the process that, that we would go through, I guess? And um, our agencies are similar in some ways, they're different in others. We've we've kind of been exposed to big and small. So just wanted to, to talk it through um, and hopefully from having been on the inside and trying to now look on, pretend we're looking from the outside in, kind of share some insights to in-house marketers that might help them better procure SEO services. So I think, first of all, the one we're talking about, Jordan, was to, if you do have an incumbent SEO provider, how would you assess their current performance and kind of get a, a sense as to whether they're doing a good job or not? Yeah, that's a good question. So if I had an existing SEO company, um, you know, communication is is really a big one for me and for my company, customer service. So um, if your company's you know not willing to meet with you when you have questions or answer you know the questions that you have about what they're doing um, or walk through reporting, you know those would be things that I'd be concerned about. And that's what a lot of a lot of things that I hear why people are coming and inquiring with Neon Ambition is because they're they don't know what their current SEO agency is doing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's obviously a, a problem. If you don't know what you're paying for, or you don't know what the team is doing, or they're trying to, um, you know, tell you it's too complicated, um, then I really would question what what they're doing. Um, so that's a big one to look out for. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's probably one of the key um, drivers when we get people chatting to us about new business. Being just, there's no love. I'm not getting any. You know, my account manager changed. I haven't heard from the new one, what it might be. In terms of um, actual performance and metrics, what would you say are the key? Because it's kind of a funny environment, right? Last two years, COVID, some industries, traffic has just gone down and um, whatever else. So how do you actually measure effectiveness of, of your current SEO provider? Well, it should always be about return on investment. You know, um, as long as you're getting uh, enough organic leads and, and those leads are good enough quality to turn into customers and those customers are worth more than what you're 
paying your SEO, I, I think to a certain degree, it's it's successful. Obviously, you have to measure the ROI of your SEO investment compared to your pay per click or other you know uh, advertising efforts, <laughs> and, and put your money where it's most effective. But um, SEO often is one of the most uh, one of the best ROIs, I think, for a lot of our customers, um, especially over the long run. So, um, at the end of the day, you know, I always get excited when I see our customers' traffic going up and to the right, and then have to remind myself, Jordan, traffic doesn't matter. <laughs> and you know, even though even though I've been doing this for thirteen years, uh, it's I still get excited about increases in traffic before yeah. I remind myself, wait a second, uh, let's look at organic leads. That's what really matters. And then, you know, you see organic leads going up every month and you get excited, but then you you even have to remind yourself, wait a second, we have to get on the, the monthly reporting call or the weekly status call and say, you know, hey, how are the quality of the leads? Yeah. You know, are these turning into customers? And it's really only then when you get that feedback from the customer that, yes, our phone's ringing more. Yes, we're getting more form fills and their quality that we really can pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. Um, and you know that that should be improving every month, even if traffic, you know, is is going up or down. As long as you're getting enough business to more than pay for your SEO, it's yeah. a win. That's right. I, I think um, I think I find I think that's probably definitely true of more mature campaigns. For us, early days, traffic, um, green arrows in terms of keyword rankings on terms that we agree to be valuable or good leading indicators, I guess, of campaigns moving in the right direction? Yeah, well, that's a good good point. So early days, you absolutely have to rely on rankings because um, especially if you're a new business or a brand new website and you're starting from, from ground zero, uh, traffic is going to be slow to come and leads are going to be slow to come. So in the early days, we are relying more on keyword ranking reports because um, you know you you might not even be in the top 100 for a, a really competitive keyword, and after two months, um, you know you you move into the top 100. Okay, great. Then you move from 100th to 80th to 60th to 40th, all the way up to 11th. Yeah, you just made tremendous progress, but you're still on top of page two, and the phone's not ringing. That's it. But you know, so you you yes, we do rely on rankings early days and then hopefully you know move a, a little bit away from tracking individual keywords and focus more on leads uh, down the line how, but yeah how do you guys how do you guys pitch time frames because obviously um and we'll, I think we'll get into kind of signs you're dealing with potentially a good new, good agency that you're considering but how do you pitch it because I think you the industry has done itself such a disservice over the years and it isn't something that you can generally move quickly in terms of SEO performance but equally that means that um nefarious providers can kind of hide behind the fact that it does take time. So how do you set expectation with a prospective client or a new or an existing client as to how long before they can start to expect results? Yeah. Well, I, I often tell people in the sales process that half my job is setting expectations. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something I, I take a lot of pride in trying to set realistic expectations because it is my agency. I'm not just a sales rep trying to hit a quota, yep. which is something, you know, uh, we might talk about later, you know, um, need to pay attention to who who's talking to you. And is it just a sales rep trying to hit a quota or is it the, the owner of an agency or someone higher up at an agency who maybe has more um, skin in, in the game or more to lose if, if they set unrealistic expectations. But yep. um 
one of the the sites that I have bookmarked, um, it's it's maybe the only site that I actually use um, bookmarks for is Google's own SEO advice. So if you go to Google and, and search Google's SEO advice, uh, one of their webmaster pages pages comes up, and I like to cite this this page, and um, you know maybe you can include a link to it. Um, when you post the podcast or yeah, something, but good. Um, Google themselves say, give your SEO four to 12 months to see results, hmm. which is an annoyingly long time frame. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but I understand why it's so long is because every client is completely different in their, in their SEO journey, whether you're a brand new website. Um, and if you are a brand new website with no backlinks or very little content, you probably are looking six to 12 months. But it even depends on industry and it depends on location. There's so many variables to uh, consider when deciding or, or when talking about how quickly should we see results. So, um, you know, some of the most competitive industries we've worked in are personal injury law, which I don't know if that's really yep. a thing in Australia. Yep, but, yep, yep. Um, uh, insurance um, is another really competitive one. And, um, you know, but if you're uh, in a small town, a small rural town, um, and there's not a lot of competition, and you're only trying to rank for your small town, it, it might only take four months to get results. Yeah. But if you're in a major met- metropolitan area in a really competitive space, or even um, even if we're not talking about local SEO, we're talking about trying to rank all across Australia or all across the U.S. And now you're competing with all of the companies. Um, you know, it, it can take longer. So. This is going to be a really long-winded answer. No, 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 that's good. But this is nuanced, right? That's the reality of it. Yeah, this is really nuanced. So, um, and this is another thing that I think is really important when shopping for SEO is talking to a company that takes the time to assess where you're at versus the competition. Because until you do that, it is almost impossible to set realistic expectations for how long SEO is going to take for you and your company individually. And also to right size the amount of SEO you do, because you can just do the bare minimum to kind of tick the box and say, yeah, we, we did some SEO. Great. Or you can get really aggressive with it. Yeah. And we can talk about what the difference between those two things are. But one of the things that I do at Neon Ambition is a lot of competitive research in the sales process. And what I take a look at is how much traffic do you have currently versus your competition? And I'm using SEM Rush for this. Yep. They estimate yep. organic traffic. You know, we don't have access to all of our competitors' Google Analytics, but SEM Rush estimates organic traffic. So I'll take um, the prospects site, and I've been doing more and more companies these days because I, I the more data you have, the better. So we'll maybe take a look at five, ten, upwards of twenty competitors, depending on the space. When we take a look at how much organic traffic they have, we look at how many indexed pages their website has, how many of those pages are ranking for anything organically. We take a look at how many referring domains um, the website has coming to it, which is essentially how many websites are, are linking to it. Yep. Um, we take a look at the domain trust flow and the domain citation flow, which are two metrics from Majestic. Uh, we'll take a look at a number of Google reviews they have, if it's uh, local business, we take a look at the number of keywords in the top three and the keyword number of keywords in the top 100. Yeah. And the, we take a look at all of that for, you know, the, their site versus 10 or you know 20 competitors. And it's really only then that I start to get an understanding of where they're at in the space. Are they the lowest 
do they have the lowest amount of traffic of all their competition? Well, boy, they're going to have, you know, a hill to climb and yeah. we're talking a longer time frame. Maybe they're halfway in that chart. Um, you know, and then you got to really take a look at like, like for like competitors, you know, who, who, who do they view as their most like for like competitors? Do you, do you get them to supply the list of competitors? I try to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I always tell them, Hey, I can Google, um, you know, Austin, uh, personal injury law firm or whatever, and see who Google says are your competitors. But if you can tell me who your competitors are as well, I, I think it's better because, um, you know, I, I might only search, I might only search for a couple of keyword phrases, but if I search for three other keyword phrases, maybe I'd find different competitors. Yeah. So I always want to make sure that I have the competitors that they, that they know, and they usually know who, who their competitors are. Yeah. Um, so it's really only then that I can take a look at, Hey, your site has a hundred pages and all of the sites that rank above you and have a lot more traffic than you have a thousand pages. Well, you know, no wonder they have more organic traffic than you. They have yeah. 900 more opportunities to rank, you know, or your site has a hundred backlinks or referring domains and all of the sites that rank ahead of you average 500. Okay. Well, that is, you know, those are the gaps that we have to make up. Yeah. And um, of course, it's not, you know, we just have to get you 500 links. It's not whoever has the most links wins. It's yeah. quality links, but it, it does give us an idea of how, you know, how far behind the competition we are. Then what I've been doing recently, which I uh, am, am, am loving, I get really excited about this competitive research is link velocity, right? So we can take away how many links you have now, but that's just a snapshot in time. SEM rush, you can look at how many links they've built over the past 12 months and you can divide that by 12 and see, you know, this site's uh, adding 20 a month, this site's adding 100 a month, and you can start to see how many you're adding a month. And that helps us determine how many links that they should be building each month, how much content they need to create to catch up, um, and then can help us right size the, the, um, package so so to speak you know we, we don't have seo packages every seo quote i've ever done in eight and a half years is completely custom yep. and it's because everyone's situation is completely different so i will often give uh three options to people and, and say you know uh, neon edition has six month minimum contracts because again like google says it generally takes four to 12 months so i like to say you know, if you give us six months, we will prove to you that we know what we're doing and yep. you'll you'll stay with us. And 95% of our customers historically do stay with us beyond that um, six months. But um, I'll, 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 I'll say, you know, hey, I've done the research and I think this is what we need to have enough time and to write enough content, to build enough backlinks over the next six months to move the needle enough to, to prove to you that we know what we're doing. I think if you want to if you want to spend less, we can. But now your time frame is probably getting pushed out. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, do you want to be really aggressive? And maybe you just got Series A funding, or you know, you you just are ready to speed things up. You can get a little more aggressive and write more content, and build more backlinks, yeah. and that pushes yeah. the, the time frame up a little bit. I think it's um, positioning it that way. I think uh, uh, listeners to the pod primarily in house marketers, right? And um, often making decisions themselves but often having to get buy-in from C-suite, MDs, whatever else. I think often positioning things through the through the prism of the, of the com- competition, right, and the competitors and kind of saying doesn't matter what how we feel about ourselves, the reality is we're sitting here and we've got 
100 pages versus 1,000 or 15 links versus 100 or whatever it is to say that it doesn't matter how we feel about ourselves, but the reality is is we're behind and if, if we want to catch up, this is what we've got to do as opposed mm-hmm. to, I think, falling through the trap of SEO being very technical and very jargon heavy. And I think it's quite hard to quantify that in, in a lot of instances. So I think it's a, yeah. it's probably a good way to try to put that lay of a land picture together. This is where we're at and then this is where we should be. And I think that probably leads in nicely to the next question. Um, like if you were, if you had to get SEO done for Neon Ambition and you weren't allowed to use your own team or if we were doing it for Rocket, um, like what, what would you be looking at? Like what are the signs, the symptoms that this could be a good fit in terms of an SEO agency or an SEO company or an SEO consultant? for your particular needs? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I, I would be looking for someone to, that does that kind of research. And we can't you know, just do uh, each other's. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do feel bad for in-house marketers, especially those that don't have a great deal of knowledge or a great deal of experience with SEO. I mean, a, a true story. I used to say this all the time um, when I worked for your company, James, because I saw it in Australia when our customers would get multiple SEO quotes and they'd be wildly different. And it it happens in America as well. There's so many SEO companies around the world and there's so many uh, bad ones um, and, and, you know, good ones. And this is a real, real story that uh, law firm I was speaking with got uh, 10 SEO quotes. And I was very discouraged to hear that when he told me, (laughs) because like, you know, I was like, Oh man, my, my odds of winning this business are are not great if you got 10 SEO quotes. And I said, oh, perfect. You, you're you're able to confirm whether this is true or not. I've always told people that if you get 10 SEO quotes, we'll get a really <laughs> wide range of, of prices. What was the range? She said, Jordan, I got quoted $500 a month to $13,000 a month. <laughs> and they all told me they'd get me to page one. <laughs> And so I just feel bad for in-house marketers having to sort through this because, you know, you'll get wildly different pricing. Everyone's going to say, we do technical SEO, we do content, we do backlinking, whether they do or not is is a different story. You know, um, a lot of agencies don't do backlinking because it's so uh, difficult, but they'll build citations, which are really easy to do. And, you know, have a little bit of impact, but not the same as backlinks. And they'll try and pass that off as backlinking. So, um, you know, the devil is really in the details. So I I think to maybe try to dig into this question a little bit more, some of the things I'd be looking for, that was your question, right? Yeah. 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 This is great. Yeah, totally. Um, details in the proposal. So one, I always encourage, you know, my customers, let me help you compare apples to apples because I can't tell you it's it's happened a few times over the years where someone's called me and said, "Hey Jordan, love your presentation." Going with someone else, they were uh, half the price, and I'm like, "Okay, can I try to see if they're offering the same thing?" You know, we were offering eight blog posts a month. How many blog posts a month are they doing? Oh well, it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. It says they're going to write blog posts for us, but it doesn't say how many. And I'm like, "Okay, you know, you might want to ask, right?" Are they are they doing backlinks? You know, yeah, it says they do backlinking outreach, and it's like, okay, well, how many backlinks are they telling you they're going to build each month? Um, you know, because my proposal, we say we're going to build twenty backlinks for you each month, and you know, oh, their proposal doesn't say, you know, um, and then 
Uh, so, so looking for those specifics, I mean, those are two output SEO outputs that your SEO agency, in my opinion, should be doing for you every month, writing content, building backlinks. And if they're not clearly defining that, then what are you getting? Yeah. Um, I've had a really good insight into how low cost SEO agencies operate over just the past two months. Um, I, you know, Neon Ambition is growing and I've been interviewing a lot of SEOs. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to a lot of SEOs that work at big agencies that have, uh, one of them had 23,000 customers, James. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of headaches. <laughs> 23,000 customers. And they, their average retainer was um, about $1,500 a month. Wow. And Neon Ambition really doesn't do SEO for $1,500 a month or hasn't historically. Um, you know, I have another, uh, agency that I've recently realized, um, is one of our legal competitors who has 500 clients and their average retainer is 1,750 a month. And to me, that is just really not enough in the legal space to make a difference. And I've really always wondered, you know, how do companies like this that undercharge, a get results, but B make any money. You know how do they do it? You know because um, there's SEO is hard and it requires a lot of work. You need technical SEO, you need copywriters, you need link builders, you need account managers. And I've started to kind of understand how some of these low cost providers do it. And I think it's I'd, I'd like to share some of those things that I've uncovered. Yeah. Uh, one is you know when Neon Ambition does a technical audit, which is usually one of the first things that we do. We do a really thorough technical audit. I think there's something like 90 things that we look at yeah. and we do it all almost as soon as we sign up with a client and prioritize them and then immediately start fixing them. Well, one of the guys I interviewed who, you know, worked for this company with 22,000 clients, they do, they have the same like 80, 90 point checklist, but they do five things the first month. And then they move to the five next things the second month. And then five more things the third month. So it takes them literally uh, over a year to complete the technical audit. And I'm I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's not a good way of doing it. You know, you you should, if you know what's wrong, fix it straight away, you know, Um, or they'll uh, do some technical SEO. And then if they have any budget left over, they'll build backlinks, but sometimes they, they don't, you know, because they don't allocate their time accordingly or, I've been interviewing a lot of account managers and I always ask account managers, you know, Hey, how many accounts do you manage at your current agency? And I've been shocked at some of the numbers that I've heard. I've heard account managers um, managing a hundred, 150 accounts, <laughs> which is, I think, you know, I'm like, how do you do that? And they're like, well, not well, you know, <laughs> the squeaky oil gets the wheel yeah. or you know, the squeaky the squeaky wheel gets the oil, um, you know, but even 30, I've heard 30 accounts yeah. and, you know, um, it's just, just nothing. Is it? that, that's spending three hours a month on a client, right? That's sending. That's looking at a monthly report, sending it, and doing the call. Um, yeah, it's not. That's not build, and that's not understanding the business. How do you solve the problem? Oh no, definitely like not. So you know, we try to have our account managers probably have um, about eight clients. Um, you know, if they're bigger accounts, maybe it's less. Maybe it's five accounts, um, but probably five to eight. And, and I, I feel pretty comfortable sharing that and, and telling prospects that. Um, 
And, and if you're talking to a, a SEO company that is, you know, offering you thousand dollar a month, two thousand dollar a month SEO, you know, I, those are some of the questions I'd be asking. Is you know, who's my? So I also would be asked. I would be asking who's going to be my account manager. I yeah. want to meet with them. Yeah. I'd actually want to meet as much of the team as possible, and that's something we offer once we get you know through a sales process and they've seen a proposal and they're yeah. you know getting close to signing up. I'll I'll set schedule a meeting and introduce them to the head of our copywriting team. You know, one of our technical SEOs, the account manager that I'm likely to assign to them, our account director, yeah. and have a call and let them ask them any questions they want. Um, I think the, you know, who's going to be working on my account? Um, how many customers, clients is my account manager? Is my SEO team going to have how much of any certain deliverable? Um, I, I think then, then, which lately we were talking before, before the session started, um, over promising and guarantees like the industry has kind of been rife with guarantees for a long period of time. Google has been quite strong in terms of don't take up guarantees, um, are guarantees something that you know you'd be probably a highly leading question? But I guess what's your perspective on guarantees? But equally, um, we're professional service providers. Surely, if you're taking a client's money, you should be saying, "Well, success looks like X, right?" Without necessarily being a guarantee. Like how how do you think if you were procuring SEO services, you'd want someone to to comfort you as to what success looks like? Yeah, so I, I'm always really honest with people here and, and say, you know, forget SEO. There's, there's no guarantees in any form of marketing, you know, as, as far as I'm aware of, you know, if there, if there were, you know, please tell me. Um, but with SEO, it's so impossible to offer a guarantee unless that guarantee isn't worth the paper that it's written on. And I can explain, you know, we don't know. So why why can't you offer a guarantee in SEO? Well, one, we don't control Google. They change their algorithm constantly and they don't tell the SEO world how they're going to change it ahead of time. They change it and then we have to do research and figure out what changed. Yeah. So we can be doing the best SEO in the world. And then tomorrow they change the goalposts and you know your rankings drop. And it's not because we were doing anything wrong necessarily. Yeah. Um, we also don't control the competition, you know, so I can do this historical research and see where you sit versus your competition. But I don't know if your competitors talking to another SEO company with double the budget that you have and getting ready to sign up to do twice as much SEO as you tomorrow. I've never seen a guarantee that is actually a guarantee. Like I've, oh, yeah. I've seen so, the bulk providers that probably the ones that in the States have the 23,000 customers you know, if we don't get you positioning on a keyword or a really wide range of keywords, it never actually connects to goals, revenue type metrics. Right. Um, yeah. And if it does, then what's what what's the guarantee then deliver? Generally, it delivers, we'll continue working for free until something has been delivered. And what that typically means is continuing to send an automated monthly report until you realize that no work's being done, which might be month seven, month eight, month nine, and then you start having the conversation that we're talking about now, which is I've got to find a real SEO company. So you've spent, yeah. you've paid for six months, no work's then done for another three, and then you find yourself a year behind where the competition is at. Is that is that kind of what what you're seeing out there as well? Yeah. So a couple of things there. Um, you you know I've seen guarantees where it's you know uh, guaranteed to get you on page one for yeah. um, you know ten keywords or something like this. Well. These are often long tail, uncompetitive keywords with low search volume that getting you ranking 10th 
on the first page isn't going to have any impact on your business. Yeah. So it's an easy thing to guarantee, but it's not like you said, driven towards uh, ROI. Yep. You know, um, so it's it's getting you ranking on worthless keywords. Um, the work for free thing I've seen um, a couple of times. It actually happened to me late last year. I was talking to you know I keep talking about law firms. It's one of our key verticals. Yeah. Um, someone was upset with their SEO. Uh, told them that he was looking to move on and they said, Oh, we'll, we'll do SEO for you for free um, for the next two months. And I said, okay, you know, well, of course we'll be here, you know, if, if that doesn't work out, but if your SEO hasn't been getting you results for the past six months or 12 months, whether you're paying them or not, they're unlikely to all of a sudden get better at SEO and get you results the next two months is kind of my opinion. So I think you're just better to cut your losses and uh, and find an SEO company that you think can get your results. And actually, ultimately, that's what he did. He, he waited w- one month and realized these guys aren't getting any better. What oh, am I waiting for? You no know? one's working for free. And it just means you're losing time, right? Your competition's continuing yeah. to put out content and build links and fix technical issues. And you're sitting there getting a monthly report that gets emailed once a month. Yeah, this is another, you know, falling behind is is an interesting thing to, to bring up as well, because I I encounter this a lot where uh, people are unhappy with their current SEO, come to us, I do a lot of competitive research and tell them, I think you should be spending X thousand dollars on SEO. And often, the, I, the, you know, I hear, oh my gosh, that's double what I'm paying now yeah, uh, or, or more, you know, sometimes. And... I have to remind them, you know, hey, you you called me because your SEO isn't working. Your two thousand dollar a month, your three thousand dollar a month SEO isn't getting your results. It's because you're not doing enough. It's it's because a your current SEO undersold you or didn't know how competitive it was, um, or b they don't know how to get you the results, or maybe both. They don't know how to get the results, and they're you know you're you're um, under investing in SEO. And I think a lot of people get discouraged and think SEO doesn't work when in reality, they're actually just under investing in SEO. It's chronic. And I think the issue with that is is that your average business owner, your average marketer doesn't really understand the intricacies, right? Nor should they. You've got these providers that have gone out, kind of tried to make SEO seem easy and cheap and backed it with guarantees to scale businesses. Um, and we see it all the time. You're dealing with real businesses, real marketing budgets, big marketing teams. They're spending tens of thousands of dollars on paid media through Google and paid social. Um, and then when it comes to SEO, it's like, oh, it's, they expect to spend two, three, four thousand bucks a month, which is, you know, 25% the cost of a full time employee. It's 8% of what they're spending on digital media when organic traffic yeah. drives half of the traffic around the internet every day. For most of our clients that are running a broad blended B2B marketing, digital marketing campaign or good B2C campaign, SEO should be driving half your traffic. So not to say you should be spending half your budget. You're going to get a lot of um, branded traffic coming through on organic, which you're going to pick up anyway. But a, a proper invested SEO strategy, great content, good technical, good good link building. That's I think what you said is bang on, right? Which is, but also highly customized depending on your competition your industry what's happening out there but 
big, big, um, massive brands that have their own massive in-house digital teams have many, many, many full-time employees working on organic traffic, right? Whether it's content mm. or technical SEO and the idea that um, that you can solve your SEO problem for two or three grand a month, it's just fanciful, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you, if, you're, if that's what you're investing in a competitive industry, you, you probably are falling further behind every month rather than catching up, unfortunately. Yeah. You know? It's an interesting take. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people continue to stick with their SEO because they don't want to spend more or... Um, you know, have loyalty to their current company or, or something. I don't know. I don't know why, but, you know, I think a lot of times and maybe um, this is wishful thinking, but uh, a lot of times when I don't win a deal, I, I think it's because they just ultimately don't do anything. You know, they, yeah. they decided, oh, I don't, I don't want to invest because I don't believe in SEO because I haven't been getting results, but it's all because it all ties back to the fact that they've really been under investing and that's why they're not getting results, you know? That's and, I, and I, truthfully, I learned that the hard way, James, when I started Neon Ambition, um, I had small clients uh, mainly to start. And then, you know, over time got bigger clients and um, the bigger clients were getting much better results than mm-hmm. the smaller clients. And it really, uh, made me mad and frustrated me and couldn't understand it because I didn't have, I, you know, I used to tell myself, what is going on? I don't have an A team and a B team. It's not like I have all my best people on my big clients and like, you know, junior people on my small clients. Cause I, I didn't have junior people. I only had what I considered an A team, really experienced people, yeah. but the clients spending more were getting much better results than the clients spending less. And I didn't understand that until I realized it's because they're not doing enough content. They're not doing enough backlinks, you know, um, to move the needle. And and it and I do see it, you know. Um, I, think that's, I think that kind of is probably nicely um, brings everything full circle. Like when we were working together and you were working for us, we probably not because we weren't trying to do a good job, but we probably were doing some of that more entry level package driven SEO um, because that's where the market was, and that's what we thought we needed to do to land land clients but also do do the work um i think both of our businesses have probably moved upstream not to the point where we're doing just blue chip we're both working with small business medium business and some larger clients but um i think because both of us actually want to drive results for our clients right so it's we're kind of moving where we need to be and i think what you mentioned earlier on in the podcast which is who are you speaking to like uh, are you speaking to someone that you know it's kind of take a ticket next please factory type operation or are you dealing are you getting the sense that you're dealing with an agency that has a large number of happy clients you're speaking to a senior member of the team or a business owner that probably isn't on commissions um no one in our business is on commission i think probably similar at yours um that actually is trying to put together a custom strategy depending on your needs your competition levels um and kind of setting expectation where it should be is that kind of what where your where your head's at yeah, I would just I think it would be a red flag for me if if an SEO company was giving me a quote without asking about my competition um, or doing any sort of competitive you know research. Um, I would be asking for referrals certainly. Um, I'd be asking if they have any clients in my industry in my area. I mean, I think that's one thing to look out for. You know, if if you're uh, trying to compete locally. You don't want an SEO agency that's working on your account and your competitors, yeah. most likely. So um, I'd be watching out for that as well. 
Nice one. So Jordan, I, I always, uh, the last question on the party is always um, just that one piece of advice. What's the one piece of advice that you'd give to um, to an in-house marketer listening to, to today's pod to kind of help them in their career? Mm. Should have given me this question before the podcast no, I've really, started, James. I've really, uh, I don't know. As we say down here, I've stitched you up. I don't know if you know, if you know what that means. I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> The, what is the one piece of advice I'd give an in-house marketer um, trying to ad- advance their career? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think I would choose your agency wisely. You know, um, it's it's often, you know, in-house marketers uh, have a tough job. Um, it's You often have a, a very part of a small marketing team, um, a lot of expectations, a lot of uh, hats that you have to wear. And if yeah. you are... Um, you know, lucky enough to have a budget to hire an agency, they can make your life much easier. They can help you get promoted and make you look great. So I would really spend the extra time interviewing uh, your agency, having calls with them, meeting the team, um, looking at the reporting that they're going to give you, uh, checking references, you know, these are in most cases, I don't know if it's like this in Australia, but you know, if you're signing up for a six month contract, you, your performance and maybe your bonus, you know, and the, the trajectory of your career could be largely dependent on how well the agency performs. And that's something we don't take lightly. Um, you know, we, we love getting our, our clients promoted or helping them hit their bonuses. So, um, you know, sharing, with your agency even, um, you know, Hey, here's what I have to do to, mm. to get promoted this quarter, or the, here's what I have to do to hit my bonus and making sure that they understand, you know, that yes, they're working for your company, but they're also working for you, uh, as the in-house marketer. And, you know, you guys both, uh, have to work together. So I would really do due diligence. That's and great. That but, decision. But being put on the spot. I like that. It's true, isn't it? It's kind of, I'm often underwhelmed by the process that um, that people go through to procure an agency, right? It's like it, you get this wrong and the consequences can be stark. And you're yeah. also, um, but maybe stark for your career, but also even if even if it's not, even if it's just a case of having to go and find another agency in six months, that's terrible in terms of yeah. the time, the loss. You don't do RFPs, guys. RFPs um, <laughs> are the worst. You know, can I just rant about RFPs? Yeah, well, we, we don't uh, we don't respond to them, so you can rant as much as you want. We like. Oh is, wow! Okay. Maybe maybe this needs to be another topic on the pod. Yeah, you know, I just I I don't get why companies do RFPs because essentially they they put together this document, send it out to a bunch of agencies, and maybe you get one phone call to ask them questions. Yeah. you know, um, to have a really good uh, relate, you know, to get a. a a proposal from an agency that's right for you, I think requires hours of conversation. Yeah. L- literally two to three hours of conversations over two, three meetings, yeah. talking about your goals and your company and understanding your competition and doing research and reviewing it. And you know, you just don't get that with a lot of RFPs. They yeah. they they just suck. We don't like. We literally don't respond to them. So it's like we because we get more requests for work than we can take on, and we just write back saying, "If you want to go through our process, which is exactly as you describe, we'll have a quick call to make sure that by and large what you want is something that we can deliver upon, and then we go under the hood. Right? We want to learn more about what you're trying to achieve internally, externally, current lay of the land, and then we'll come back with something tailored. But the idea of having yeah. to sit there and send emails and no thanks, like it's 
Yeah. Not good for anyone. Uh, that's good. Well, I think we should do a separate pod on RFPs. Um, Jordan, it's kind of weird. Like it's some, well, we're not competitors, but um, I always ask kind of where can we find you, website, anything like that. I guess um, Rocket does, if you're an Australian marketer, Rocket does run paid media, et cetera, into the US for lots of our clients. So we do run some US campaigns. Um, but we don't. We wouldn't have any clients that are exclusively based in the states looking to market into the states. So, I think if you were in that position or whatever else, Jordan's agency would be a great one to speak to. So, what's the the best way to find you? Yeah, uh, neonambition.com is our website. Jordan at neonambition.com is my email. Um, you know, happy to to speak to anyone who might be interested. Legend. Thanks, Jordan. All right, James. Get on you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.